worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey there. Welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. Recorded live from the front seat of my car. I am so happy you're here. Hold on. Let me put my seatbelt on. All right. This is going to be a short one, and I love the fellows who listen to The Shaleen Show, but this is probably one you won't, I don't know, I don't think you're going to want to listen to it because we're going to talk about menstruation, girly stuff. But who knows, maybe you have a significant other in your life who will find this very interesting and it's helpful for you to understand it a little more. Either way, put your seatbelt on because we're going for a ride. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Not too many months ago, I did a live event, the Marketing Impact Academy. It's a three-day event. We do it here in Southern California, at the moment anyways. Someday maybe we'll take it on the road, but we do the show live from, you know, Orange County. It's a big venue. Marketing Impact Academy, we bring in guest speakers, but for the most part, I'm on stage every day, most of the day. And it's stressful to prepare for it. It's it's not stressful, it's pressure. That's what it is. It's like, you gotta be on. Every word matters. And I feel this incredible amount of, I guess, pressure, yeah, to deliver. Because I know that the majority of the audience is sitting there and they're away from their families and they're away from their businesses. And it's their time and time is money. And I want to deliver so that it's something that they, they couldn't have experienced in a video. I want them to just be blown away and for it to make a transformational difference in their business. So it's my brain gets incredibly tired. It's difficult to describe how much um, focus I need to really pull that event off or, or any live event like that. But especially one where you're, you know, you're teaching and you're, you're helping people change their lives and their businesses. So this last time that I did one, I decided, why is my radio coming on? I decided that I would fast during it. Knowing I was going to do that, I prepared for my fast prior to the event. That is something that we teach people how to do very carefully and there's a right way and a wrong way to fast. As is there is a right reason and a wrong reason to fast. It's all covered very thoroughly in the 131 and I want to mention that because I know before I did my research I'd listened to a few podcasts on fasting and I'm like, "Oh, well that sounds interesting. Let's try it." And I it was horrible because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to prepare. I didn't know how to prepare the body. I didn't know what to do if things didn't go well. There's, it's more involved than you might think. If it's something you're interested in, obviously, please check out the 131method.com. Anyways, I, I just say that really as a cautionary tale because fasting is something that people are starting to talk about a lot. It's being covered in the news. And just like anything, that's when mistakes are made. It's 
serious business and not everyone is intended to fast. So if you're underweight, if you have a body fat for men or women that's below what it, you know, what a healthy body weight should be, um, not what, not just what you want it to be, right? But like what's considered healthy, then you're not an ideal candidate for fasting. You're also not an ideal candidate for fasting if you think that it's the you know way for you to get quick weight loss. It's the wrong reason to fast. You also don't want to fast if you are breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant. Um, I say that. <laughs> I have to say that for legal reasons, but I have to tell you, we call the one three one diet the pregnancy diet because we have so many one three one babies it's insane and it's, it's going to lead me to what we're going to talk about in just a second but anyways the one last thing i want to say about fasting is if you suspect in the quiet moments back corner of your brain that you might have an eating disorder or you've had an eating disorder in the past fasting is not advisable that is our stance we have several experts who've consulted with us in the creation of this program, and they've tested it, even with patients of their own who were considered healed or recovered from an, a past eating disorder. Fasting can be incredibly triggering, incredibly triggering. So, okay, enough about the cautions. Now let's get on to what I want to talk to you about. So I did this fasting experiment during our last MIA event, Marketing Impact Academy. Um, and I actually went four days of fasting. I felt freaking phenomenal. Like my brain, I felt like, have I taken a neurotropic drug of some type? I cannot believe how easily it was for me to form sentences and just to get it all right. And, to, you know, just to feel so focused and so calm. And I went to bed early every night, which I never do. Normally when I'm doing an event like that, I stay up to like, 1 a.m. just thinking about everything I have to do the next day and, you know, struggling to know like, okay, is this the right thing I want to cover? Is this the right order? Is this the right story? I, I just felt like it was a completely different experience. It was so enjoyable. And I, I have to say, and it's my opinion, I was like on, like so on it. My energy was so high. It made it incredibly convenient because we're at a hotel. So I didn't have to bring in my own food, which I normally do. Um, it allowed for me during our breaks to not have to be focused on, okay, I got to get food to the room and then I got to eat it quickly. And then I got to, you know, like redo my lipstick and brush my teeth again. And, you know, just like clean up and order and all of those things. Like it freed up so much time and it allowed me to perform at an optimal level. And that is because number one it wasn't difficult for me to be fasting because I knew how to do it. I'd done several before that. So I didn't struggle with people often will call the ketosis flu. I didn't, I didn't have those difficult transition days because as we teach you inside our program, I did all the preparation prior to the fast. Okay, and now here's where the girly stuff comes in. Kind of near the end, I think probably the last day and a half of my fast, I got my period. And I thought to myself, huh, this is interesting. I didn't even know I was getting it. Usually I start to feel, you know, ladies, like a little crampy. Um, I tend to get like, why am I crying? Why did that bother me so much? You know what I mean? And then a couple days later, I'm like, oh, that's why it bothered me. Hello, Aunt Flo. You know, like I, I, it surprised me that I got my cycle because I didn't have any warning signs. 
didn't have any cramping. I didn't have any cravings. And a part of me thought, I wonder if this is because I was fasting. So as I normally do, I decided to dig in and do some research. And I found a couple of very interesting studies. Now, there's not a lot of studies on fasting and menstruation, but there are some. And most of them that I found interesting were either uh, studies using women who are fasting during Ramadan. And then I found a couple of studies, even one which uh, Dr. Walter Longo was cited in, where they took women and studied basically the effect that fasting had on their overall diminished signs and symptoms of PMS and then how much more comfortable their menstrual cycle was because of fasting when they basically were fasting during their cycle. So having said that, I'm going to do a little test and I wanted to invite those of you who number one are of course one three runners because you know how to fast right or those of you who are very familiar with this process you know how to do it safely you meet the criteria um, and you are you know you you don't have any medical conditions that would limit you from fasting I would love to hear from those of you who are interested or willing to to do this yourself prepare in the week prior the week that you you know let's say on the first of the month you normally get your cycle so you would want to prepare like at least seven days prior so that you're getting yourself um, very low in terms of the sugar intake that you're taking really cutting back on your carbohydrates so that you can get into a state of ketosis from a nutritional standpoint right Um, and, and I say that because I know some of you are you know, you eat ketogenically, which is great. I, I don't. Part of the 131 approach to nutrition is learning what's right for you and what's best for you. And so I, I'm not always in a state of ketosis. I don't eat a ketogenic diet. I eat a diet that's low in sugar because that's best for me. Um, but I fall, I phase my diet. So every four to six weeks, basically following that same phasing that we teach, uh, I change my diet up. And so it promotes that metabolic flexibility, but it's pretty easy with that metabolic flexibility to spend for me just maybe three or four days getting myself into nutritional ketosis in order to comfortably start a fast. So I am due to start my cycle. I'm not trying to brag. I am 49 years old and quite regular. I'm having no hot flashes, no perimenopausal symptoms. I was having a ton of them, a ton of them before I started practicing the one through one method, but now I don't have any. I'm a teenager again. Not really. But anyways, I, and I, you know what? The other funny thing is I'm really like digressing, aren't I? The other funny thing is this process has been such an awakening for me. I used to hate getting my menstrual cycle. Like, and I think I've mentioned this before. I went 16 years without a cycle, except for maybe once a year, I would take birth control indefinitely. And then maybe just like once a year, I would cycle off of it to just make sure I was still getting my period. Just that's what my gynecologist suggested my OBGYN. And I thought it was incredibly convenient. I'm like, this is awesome. I don't have to deal with that nightmare every month. And I kind of resented getting my cycle. Now I'm like, I'm a human being. This is what my freaking body was meant to do, to shed, to, it's like the killing off of dead cells, which is, it's like autophagy. It's, 
It's just recognizing like what a beautiful machine it is. And we shouldn't mess with this machine. We should honor it and do as much as we can naturally as possible. Which by the way, I know, again, I'm so glad the guys aren't listening because they're going to be so grossed out by this. But I recently switched to using the, it's called a diva cup or a menstruation cup instead of tampons or pads. And at first I was like, gross. And it's, who are these bohemian patchouli oil uh Birkenstock wearing women that are doing this. It's gross. That's what I thought at first. But then I was like, but I'm kind of curious. So I started watching a couple videos on it and I thought, I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm doing this, but I I guess I'll try it. And now here I am telling you and the hundreds of thousands of other people are going to listen to this episode. It's pretty trippy. It's so much better. So much better. So much more comfortable so much more convenient. I just put it in like a day before I think I'm going to get my cycle and it's just awesome. Anyways, the first time you hear about it, you're like, that is nasty. No, thank you. I'm just telling you, I have had the same feelings, but I feel very differently now. Anywho, I am due to start my cycle in a couple of days. So I've been eating ketogenically and I am going to really buckle down and eat a diet that is very high in healthy fats and get into fat burning mode in the next day or two so that I'm, you know, quite certain that transitioning into a fast will be comfortable and I'm going to fast through my cycle. And I'm going to make note of how I feel because the last time I had no cravings. I looked at the research afterwards and I'm going to cite two research studies that I think you're going to find incredibly fascinating with regard to PCOS, um, menstrual health, mental health, and overall well-being of women when they practice fasting during menstruation. Now, what I'm really curious to find out is, what did our ancestors do? I, I wonder, did they fast during menstruation? I'd love to, love to know if there were certain cultures where they did do that. Cause I'm telling you, I had a lighter flow. I had no stomach cramping. I didn't even feel like I was having my cycle. You know, like, you know, you're like, I don't feel like doing anything. Where are my sweatpants? Someone give me a drawstring outfit or a jumper. Like, right. I didn't, I couldn't believe it. I didn't feel anything. So I'm excited to see if that was a fluke or if this is something that Maybe, I mean, possibly I change up the way that I phase my diet so that I'm, you know, doing a fast, if not every month, every other month around my cycle. I fast for health reasons. I fast because of autophagy. I fast because I need to give my digestive tract a break. I love the way it makes me feel mentally, but I don't always do it. As you know, if you're a regular listener of The Shaleen Show, I uh, had a hamstring avulsion about six weeks ago, and I knew that my body was incredibly focused on healing my hamstring. And while I also figured it would be incredibly healing for me to fast, it was also kind of stressful to be having all of those therapy appointments like physical therapy and hyperbaric oxygen chamber treatments um, and just just the thought constantly of like, oh my gosh, don't hurt yourself. You got to heal. I, As much as I thought, gosh, I should be fasting, I also wanted to pay attention to the fact that I was also under a little bit more stress than I normally am because of it. And you just don't want to mess with your cortisol levels. 
So when it comes to fasting, people say, do you fast every month? And I make it my goal to fast like every other month. But there's been times where I fasted two months in a row, at least for three days. And there's been times when I've gone four months and done no fasting because I listen to my body. And if I feel like I'm under a lot of stress, then I don't fast because I don't want to spike my cortisol levels. I don't want to increase stress hormones. So you've got to listen to your body. Got to listen to your body. Got to look at your lifestyle. I hope that you're intrigued by this. And again, for those of you who are, you've gone through the 131 program or you are what I like to call 131ers, like that's the methodology you apply to your eating. And if this is something you're interested in trying, send me an email and let me know how it goes. I want to know about your symptoms, how you're prepared for it, what if anything was different about your cycle, um, and you know, of course, as always, I'm not a medical professional, and you need to make sure that you are cleared for fasting. Uh, fasting is not right for all populations, but for those of you who fit the bill, send me an email, Show at gmail.com, and tell me your age, whether or not you're a 131-er how many times you fasted before, and what it was like fasting during your cycle. And I will be really excited to report back our findings. Is it a true research program? I mean, can we cite this research? No, but maybe I can talk somebody into commissioning this research for us because I think it's pretty interesting. And especially if it can help women relieve symptoms and perhaps have some relief from PCOS or endometriosis, that would be remarkable. That's my goal is to help us to redefine what it means to be healthy. Because (laughs) y'all, looking super skinny and oh, that's great. We can see that you've got a 12 pack in your beach photo, in your bikini on Instagram. That has nothing to do with health. That, That person could be healthy, but they might also have an eating disorder. They might also be terribly unhappy and exercising four hours a day and and eating tiny teeny little bits of food and afraid to consume certain types of food groups and like they're a slave to their macros or a slave to their calories or a slave to their containers whatever it is just looking at somebody does not mean that they're healthy we have got to stop using instagram as our measure of what health is health is your mental health your spiritual health the, um, your telomeres, how long you're going to live, your longevity, your ability to focus, your, your brain function, your hair, your fingernails, your skin, all of that is health. And it doesn't always show up beautifully in an Instagram photo. That's all for today. Thanks for joining me on the car ride. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm still sitting in my driveway <laughs> because I'm in my car early. And um, I thought, well, I want to focus So I haven't even moved the car yet. We're just sitting in my car. All right, let's do this. You ready? You are thebomb.com. And I look forward to spending some time with you again in the very near future. Remember that sharing is caring. So go ahead and hit that little share button and send this podcast to one of your girlfriends and say, you got to listen to this. I think we should do this. All right. And thank you for subscribing. It means the world to me. All right. I love you. I mean it. Talk to you soon.